0: Joining us here at Wage Rager D-Nice, here with JJ and Yanni. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All of the above, guys. What's going on? New Year, guys. Happy, happy. 2022. 2022, almost here. As people yep. are listening to this, it might be 2022. We have New Year's Eve on Friday evening. Recording this, we should probably mention it on Wednesday evening. So if we say anything and lines change because COVID rules might have changed by then or COVID positives may have changed by then factor that in because everything's kind of wild. How about it's probably been a good two to three weeks since we've all been on a podcast together. How about the past few weeks, not just the NFL and, but just the COVID chaos that was tough to navigate. It seems like it's getting a little bit better. Do I still understand the protocols? No, but it looks like that there's some shorter time windows and JJ, have you been able to keep track of it? Because I, I haven't, but I'm happier that we're in a better spot where people won't have to quarantine for weeks. 10-day, <laughs> uh,
1: five-day Carson Wentz playing, is he? Playing. No. Wait,
0: see, <clears throat> I don't know. and that's We're going to talk
1: about that one, but I mean, we'll for crying it. out loud, the market's acting like he's going to play. So, hey, you know, we go with uh, what I think the info is, but, you know. What can you do when it's a moving target, but, you know, we talked about this before. It doesn't have anything to do with whatever's going on in the outside world per se, why we're looking at this, but, you know, Hey, call it selfish, but it would, it would be good to know how it's going to work. And I think that's why you see books pulling the games off the board.
0: Just pulling it, just pulling it. And I think that we've seen that in the past couple of weeks here, Yanni is that we've, we've hesitated betting into some numbers. And I, I come in, not with a lot of bets this week, and I entirely waited last week until like Thursday or Friday because I just wanted to see what was going on with COVID. You can't really bet in confidently unless you really love a look ahead line like we like the Niners last Thursday. And of course, they didn't pull through because they they just kind of shit their pants. But we've kind of waited on it. And I think that books are just walking on eggshells being like, well, I need to get this news out as, or pull the line as soon as the news comes out or else they have a stale line out there and they're going to get ripped off for millions. It's crazy, Yanni.
2: It is. And I think that when you are placing early bets, you almost have to go into it just assuming that kind of that old, you win some, you lose some. And we look back a week ago, we were high on the Bengals at minus two and a half minus three. Well, obviously going into the game, it ended up being minus seven, Um, whereas we had it minus two and a half, minus three. Now, I think they would have covered either way. But it's kind of one of those where, hey, that one worked out in our advantage. But on the flip side, we went into the Indianapolis-Arizona game. With Indianapolis, it did work out. However, right before the game, no Darius Leonard, no Quentin Nelson, And, you know, all of a sudden, your bet doesn't look nearly as good. Now, fortunately for us, that one came through. But it's it's just an interesting time. But I think the most interesting thing here as we go into week 17 is that the more things change, the more they stay the same. And what I mean by that is when we look back to the beginning of the season and we said, oh, who are the favorites? Oh, we, we we got the Chiefs and we got the Bucks and we got the Bills and we got the Packers. And throughout the course of the season, that zigged and zagged quite a bit. But here we are now going into what would normally be the last regular season weekend of the season – and, oh, all of a sudden, here's our teams again, the Chiefs, the Bucks, yeah. the Bills, yep. the Packers,
0: That's right it. back in
2: there. So it's kind of one of those things where it's an interesting long season, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of zigs and zags. But here, here we are, the teams that we kind of expected to be there, by and large, are there. The teams that we kind of expected to fizzle out, by and large, have fizzled out. So really interesting stuff.
1: Especially when you think about the teams that were pronounced dead at one point in time. Oh yeah, you know, especially Week like the Cowboys, dead. the Chiefs. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, these guys—they're totally toast, and you know, they're eleven and four. You know, I mean, I get it. There's, there's, you know, strength of schedule and all that sort of stuff, but nonetheless. You know, you know, I think it was a little premature by some folks, but you never know. I mean, we live, it's it's hard not to, but it's all about what just happened. And that Thanksgiving game for Dallas, that was the the lowest of the lows right there. Now look at them.
0: And now look at them. No, it's definitely worth focusing on for a bit. And I know that we're at week 17. That used to be the last week of the season. We have week 18. I know that we only added one week, but I feel this year more than any other. And maybe it's because we have one extra week. That shouldn't be it that there have been so many zigs and zags. And I feel like that there's like three to four portions of the season and you can't, you can't rule anybody out. And I know that I was even a little bit, I don't know what the word is not, not saying not panicked about the chiefs because it's not like I'm a chief's Homer, but when they were looking bad against Washington, I think it was week six or seven and they were looking at staring down, I want to say two and four or two and five. I think it was two and four. It can't be five because they only have four losses right now that you you really can't panic that early. It's October and you, you go until mid January now. So you've got all these games yeah. and JJ, like you said, Cowboys lost that game. They went through that lull. Well, look, Dak was hurt for a bit and every team's going to have their lows. Every team's going to take the lumps. Look at Tampa against the saints. I know that they lost some players, but they got mm-hmm. shut out. We said throughout the season, every team's going to have two or three spots where they look not so great. Every team's going to have one game where they look awful. Just take a look at the Bills that Yanni saw firsthand. They looked awful in that game. It's not going to cost you a playoff spot, hopefully, especially with seven teams in the mix, but Hmm. here we are. So. Good way to start it off, and with that said, how about we start off with the game? Our first pick, a team, the New England Patriots. That a couple of weeks ago they were in that one seed, and we were saying, guys, if Belichick gets that one seed, and honestly, two to three weeks prior, I think they were sitting in a five, six, seven. Guess what, guys? They're back down to a six seed right now after losing to the Bills. I know they got them in that first one with the fifty mile an hour wins of Buffalo. They lost to the Bills. Josh Allen looked awesome this week. The Patriots are favored by, is it up to 15 now, guys? It's a big number. (laughs) 15, Mm -hmm. 15 points in the over-under. I clicked off my odd screen to go to the future. So someone help me out with the over-under on this right now.
2: 41 and a half.
0: 41 and a half. Yanni, JJ, myself got this a little bit early last week. And we got it at what? Was it 13 and a half, 14?
2: 13 and a half, I believe.
0: It's at 15 right now. JJ, you had an interesting angle on this. What say you on this game? I know you're not betting into Jacksonville money line, but what say you on this one?
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm going to live and die by the big play in this one, I think, but I took uh, I missed your guys's, you know, play and I was kind of on the fence about it anyways, but I ended up going with the team total for Jacksonville under 13 and a half. I've seen both 13 and 13 and a half expensive 13 and a half. So, you know, it's one of those where shop around type of deal, but you know, you look the last couple of weeks for both of those, both of these teams and especially, you know, the point scoring, the defense for, you know, the various sides to make this an underplay and it's totally the opposite. The, the exact opposite. Yeah. New England, 60 points allowed the last two games. We're talking about Buffalo and at Indy, they got run out in both of those right coming right out of the bye. Now, you know, we, we really loved Indy going into that. We kind of saw them being competitive, but they really dominated them. There's no doubt about that. And then you look at Jacksonville and they've been scoring some points. I mean, for their, I guess you would say, to recalibrate for their level of, of offense, especially with Robinson going down last week, but they've gone over that 14 to touchdown uh, threshold the last two weeks. But before that is really where kind of you, sh- I shaped this under. And basically, you're looking at a New England throw out the weather game against Buffalo. But the yep. three weeks before that, took care of business with Tennessee again, no Henry still took care of business. With Tennessee and only gave up 13 points, shut out Atlanta, a team that arguably is comparable of offensive stature as Jacksonville. And even went into Cleveland when we were in Atlantic city and, you know, unfortunately took an L there on a, on something we took uh, in the casino. But, you know, Cleveland you know, can only put up a touchdown
0: against them. Dude, so, so. how about we, we started our day with just loving the Browns. We're like, we love the Browns in the yeah, exactly. spot. We're like, what the hell did I just bet on? <laughs> the, and, the good thing and is. And then from that point, it was like, are the Patriots going to win the Super Bowl? And no, yeah, right, I, right. I don't think that's going to happen. But that it ebbs and flows, guys, except if it you're does. the Browns, it's just – it just ebbs downward. So, And then
1: Jacksonville, I think you have to look before that. I mean, they have really been shut down by defenses that are even just kind of like middling or all the way to decent. I mean, the Rams have a good defense, but Tennessee, Atlanta, 14 points. Again, it's Atlanta, 10 against San Francisco. You know, I just think, you know, 14 against a poor defense of Atlanta is over, you know, I'd say overestimating what new England can do on the other side of the ball, vice versa. I just think it's going to be a struggle for him without Robinson too.
0: I like it. I like the breakdown. Yanni, anything else to add to that?
2: No, I think JJ summed it up. Well, I think you can feel confident in my opinion, doing what JJ said, which is if you want to play the under 13, 13 and a half, I I really think it's going to be difficult for Jacksonville to score. I mean, barring, special team score or some kind of you know scoop and score which can scenario, yeah. which yeah. can yeah. happen I think as long as something like that doesn't happen they're going to struggle to get to double digits in this game I think that we bet this on the look ahead the week before and I think that New England losing to Buffalo actually just helps that bet I think Belichick's going to have that team focused I think they're a good dominate- point yeah, I, I think QB, gonna, all yeah. that. Yeah, it's a really yeah, good. Point. They're going to dominate on both sides of the ball. And I mean, when you look at that Jacksonville roster, no James Robinson, which JJ mentioned. DJ Shark's been out all year. Dan Arnold, their tight end, they traded for out. They they just don't have the weapons out there. Trevor Lawrence under constant pressure doesn't you know looks bad. We know what Belichick does with rookie quarterbacks. I can't imagine Jacksonville is even remotely interested in playing this football <laughs> game. I'm sure they want to get to the end of the season here. There was a play last week against – it was the Zach Wilson touchdown run where he you yeah. know, scampered 52 yards for a touchdown or whatever it was. Give and it the effort that the Jags' safeties gave at the end of that run was all I needed to see to be like, these guys are checked out, man. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think this game has all the makings of a 35-3 to 3 type game here. Yeah. I think you can lay the big number – We've talked about this at length over the last couple of years, that years ago you, you didn't lay 15 points. You didn't do that. Times have changed in the NFL. I think you can lay the 15 here or take the under with Jacksonville. I, and quite frankly, I may double up and do both.
1: I may too. I'm going to
0: double up and do both also. I have the Patriots already. I'm just taking a look at the situation of Jacksonville. They know that their season's done. I know that Urban Meyer's gone, but you're not going to tell me that they're going to play that hard. I mean, they're already talking about interviewing other coaches. It could be Doug Peterson, guys. (laughs) Getting denied by other coaches. And getting denied by other coaches because Jacksonville is just an unmitigated disaster of a franchise that eventually will probably move. But in this spot... (laughs) The day after, two days after New Year's, God knows what they're doing. God knows who's going to test positive for COVID. Half these players probably (laughs) want to test positive for COVID, so they don't have to play in the damn game. They're going to go up there. It looks like it's going to be a day where the temperature drops all day, high 52, then it ends up at close to 20 degrees and snow at night be temperatures falling. Jacksonville, if they hit double digits, that'll be a shocker. Hopefully, it's not a scoop and score that gets us over that fourteen. That's where we're at. And just real quick, because I'm going to try to mix in futures lines, just so we, that we talk high level about all of this. But currently, Patriots are seven to one to win the AFC. Yanni, do you know what that, that number, the lowest number was a couple weeks ago when the Patriots were in the one seed, did that get down to four and a half? Maybe. I think it was five. I think five, they were five okay. to one at
2: that point, if I remember correctly. Um, so, I mean, a little bit of movement there, obviously um, didn't like it then don't like it now. I think yeah. that, you know, we, we saw, they had everything lined up for them this past week. They were playing at home. Uh, the bills had multiple players out with COVID everything lined up for the Patriots. And, you know, they, They couldn't get it done. And quite frankly, that game probably wasn't even as close as the score really showed that it was. So I think when you look at that, they're – it kind of goes back to what we, we talked about six or seven weeks ago with New England, which was this team's not there yet. They still have a rookie quarterback that we don't know. They don't have explosiveness on offense. Um, and we even talked about their defense potentially being a little bit soft, at least against the run. So I think, again, you know, that that number to me, I think New England proved this last week that they're not ready yet.
0: I agree. Right now, they are the sixth seed at nine and six, seven to one. Just to go over the odds real quick, and I'll try to structure this and go down the AFC, and then we'll pivot to the NFC. But I said that the Patriots, seven to one, the Colts are six and a half to one. They're third favorite in the AFC. How about that? Bills, three and a half to one. Kansas City Chiefs, all of a sudden, guys, after that lull that they had plus 175 to win the AFC, they're 11 and four. They have that one spot basically sealed up is it officially sealed up i see a z next now so it's clinch division um it's not officially sealed up so technically they they could lose their next two right and then and then they they get out of that but 11 and 4 and they're over under win total to start the year was what 12 and a half so they're still flirting with that wow wow okay and if the playoff started today just to let you know the patriots would play the Bengals. Not impossible for them Ooh, to play the be an next interesting
1: season. matchup to be honest. It would be. it
0: would be, it would be Bengals Patriots. Would be honestly, if the Patriots want to pull a team in the first round, it might be the Bengals, unless they want to see sure. the Bills again. It could be three versus six. And I mean, it's like a,
1: a total mismatch of coaching.
0: Yeah, it really is. <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'll do mind tricks, although, on the, on although we do there. have to
2: point out, I think we do have to point out that. Zach Taylor, I want to say, was third or fourth in coach of the year odds, which is mind-numbing. <laughs> oh, place. yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he can thank at. Joe
0: Burrow
1: and Chase and yeah. Chase for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He, he yeah. has the players, he has the players. Do I think he's the third best coach? No, but that's how those market works. If if a team underachieves and overachieves, everything like that, they have, some, they have, have talented,
1: skilled players. Yeah, they have talented players, they have talented players, talented, skilled players. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I want to get off. This. I,
2: I don't want to get off track here, but four guys under the age of 25, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, yeah. Joe Mixon. I mean, that is a solid, solid foundation that they could have for the next three or four years.
0: Yep. This could be a team that's contending for a one seat I just hope that it plays out a little bit better than how it played out 15 years ago when they had all the hype and all the weapons in the world and they couldn't really get there. And then, you know, a lot of injuries. Then and Andy Dalton really work out. He didn't really work out. So but so the, what I was about to say is that the Bills and Patriots would be a very intriguing first-round matchup. Three versus six would be the third time that they've played this season would be the rubber match. Right now, I said the Bills three and a half to one. I haven't done anything with the Bills this week, but I think that if there's a team that went through a low and might be, knock on wood, hitting a peak at, or might continue to hit a peak at the right time, continuing on through January. It might be these Buffalo Bills. The Bills 14-point favorites. That's actually juice kind of heavy at DraftKings right now. So this might keep ticking up over under 44, nine to one favorites minus 900 on the money line against the Falcons. I've done anything with it. If I do anything with it, one, I'm going to take a look at the record because I could see the Falcons struggling to score. Even though the Falcons have shown some signs of life at times, I'm not going to do anything with it. If I had to, I'd lay the points. Yanni, have you done anything here?
2: Yeah, I, I've already laid the big oh, number in, um, and, and I think that you can look at doubling up with the Falcons under on this one as well. It's, you know, the Falcons, it's amazing that they are still fighting for a wild card and they've made it this deep into the season still being relevant. I, I mean, we we talk about stuff like this all the time and it gets blown out of proportion, but they could... Be the worst team we've ever seen fighting for a wild card at this
0: point. (laughs) No, seriously, like just dead serious.
2: Yeah, I mean they are not good. And and look, I'll give Matt Ryan some credit. (laughs) He has hung in there and played respectable ball without, obviously Julio Jones, without Calvin Ridley. His offensive line is terrible. They don't really run the ball well unless Cordero Patterson breaks a huge, you know, long long run. So. You got to give them credit for fighting. I think that it's, it's admirable what they've been able to do, but their point differential is horrible. So I think you could potentially double dip on this one. I think they're going to they're going to struggle to score in this game. I think the Bills should be able to shut them down. Um, but I also think the Bills should be able to score as much as they want here too. So you've got the Bills over 29 and a half. I think that's in play. I think you can take the Falcons team under. Or you can just lay the points, and I think you're you're definitely, in my opinion, looking at that thirty to ten tight ball game in this one here. I don't think this game is close. I don't think the matchup works out at all. I think this is kind of the nail in the Falcons' uh, coffin here.
0: I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots and Bills game here ended with similar scores. The Patriots win by twenty, Bills win by twenty. They cover the spread, and that the, their opposing teams ended up with ten, and they hit that team total. I don't want to spend more than 30 seconds on the Falcons, but I was just looking at how they got to seven and eight, seven and eight. they they're technically still not eliminated. They're only back-to-back wins on the season. were against the jets where they won by seven. And then at the dolphins, they won by two. I remember that game vividly. They won by two. This is just an ugly. It's just win loss, loss, win loss. It's just trading wins and losses. Here they are seven and eight. They're not going to make the playoffs. And I hope I just didn't jinx this one because then that probably means that they take out, what, my Eagles for the seven seed? They finish the season at Bills and then against the Saints. Uh, If this team were to make the playoffs, that, that would be ugly. But I I don't think I've seen too many teams in playoff contention and credit the last seed, that seven seed being added, where they only had two back-to-back wins on the entire season, guys. <laughs> so, oh, Jesus. Wow. JJ, not laying it with that loud out right here, right? Yeah. No,
1: I'm I'm definitely more on the Buffalo side for sure. I looked at the 29 and a half. I couldn't quite keep, you know, make up my mind there. 14 is still in play. So I'll get get somewhere on that side here before long.
0: Cool, 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 cool. Should we keep it with the AFC? Should we keep it with Chiefs and Bengals? A game that I have not touched, but I'm extremely intrigued by Sunday, 1 p.m. Chiefs at the Bengals. Bengals are five-point dogs at home. I'm not going to say that the Bengals are one of the hottest teams, but they've got a lot of hype. They've put up a 41 spot twice on the Ravens coming off a big win here over under at 51 money line 210 for the chiefs. I haven't done anything. I don't think this is going to tick higher to chiefs minus six. Like I don't think we see that six, six and a half range. If anything, I could see it in that four and a half range of money coming in on the Bengals but I might just be in a holiday days and full of shit saying saying that because I just said that money would come in on the Bengals over the Chiefs. Yanni, correct me here. How do you see this game going? Because this could be – I mean, look, this could be a, a potential playoff preview second round depending how the seeds shake out. AFC championship game, this is a big one.
2: It really is, and I think this is why I think capping this game and wagering on this game are difficult. I think you've got two good teams here, two potentially overvalued teams here, and I say overvalued not not because they're not really good. I think the Chiefs are really good, and I think the Bengals are pretty good, but when I say overvalued, what I mean is the Bengals are coming off that beatdown of the Ravens. We know everybody's been on the Chiefs' hype the last couple weeks after them getting their stuff in gear, so where is that? where is that margin of error when you look at that spread? Um, I, I think the spread is probably around where it should be. I think, you know, common sense would say, you look at the home team that just came off a big win, they're getting five points, you would want to take that. But I don't think that's the case of this one. And, and I'll, I'll start by saying, I'm probably not going to have a bet on this game. Um, so take this breakdown for whatever you want on that. I don't feel confident with, with either of those. Um, but i think the chiefs are going to find a way to probably get this done and cover and i think it's going to be their defense that does that i think they're going to be able to slow down that cincinnati offense we've heard a lot about the improvement in the chiefs d over the last 6 7 weeks it's all valid and when chris jones is in that lineup their defense is really really tough and i think that you know cincinnati coming off that big win burrow through for 525 yards I think we're going to see a little bit of a step back there, where maybe the Bengals kind of come back to a little bit of reality here. I think the Chiefs probably win this game by by a touchdown or so. That being said, I don't think I'll have a wager on it. My, I think the most important thing you can look at if you want to bet this game is that total over under. Right now, it's at fifty and a half. If it ticks up to fifty one, I lean towards taking that under.
0: Yeah. I think so maybe, do I? You know, yeah. I think again, there's
1: fifty ones. There's really? fifty ones. Yep.
2: If you can find a fifty-one, Draft I think you can, you can absolutely take a chance at that under there. And I get it; you're you're looking on paper and you're seeing guys like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and Chase and Higgins and and Mixon and all these guys. But I think realistically, that Chiefs defense is going to step up here, make that game tough. I think the Bengals are going to be fighting almost like it is their Super Bowl there, making it tough on Patrick Mahomes. Who, by the way. I still don't think he looks great out there. I know their team's winning games. I still don't think he looks phenomenal out there. So I think the play here, if anything, is to get under 51.
0: I like that. I think we might have just found yep. another player out here with that I just 51. bet it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That I had – I when it opened around 48, it was like, you know, this is one that I really – is one that I think just is going to get blown out of the water or I think will make you feel real good betting the under with – and those are my favorite ones because I usually know right away whether I'm screwed or if I'm just gonna be sweating it all the way to the end. And I think this is one the last I looked, it was like 49 and a half, I think yesterday. And right as you were it talking just keeps about, keeps getting bit up. Yeah. And I saw 50 and a half at Bookmaker. And I thought, okay, we're getting there. And then I went to DraftKings and it's fifty-one minus one ten. And there it is. I'm in. I'm gonna, you're, I'm gonna right. I mean,
2: you're right. There's always a possibility with guys like Tyree Kill and Chase oh, yeah. that Oh, yeah. I mean, these teams could put up 80 points. I mean, it's it's very possible, but I think realistic. I'm prepared for
1: that. Yeah. yeah,
2: exactly. And you're at that key number 51 there. I think it stays under. I, I think but we're I looking just, at a game that's in the low 20s here. I just exciting. pulled
1: up the weather for Paul Brown Stadium too. I it's mean, awful. Sunday. <laughs> I go to windy.com. And, you know, the winds sustained winds at 15, 16 mile an hour during the afternoon. A little snow flurries. Not doesn't look like a whole lot of accumulation, but gusts to 30, Still. 33. 38 degrees weather game. It's not a quote unquote weather game, but it's closer to a weather game than it's not. So, yeah, uh, it's not a,
0: it's not a mid-October sunny game where we have two teams that are high flying offenses. And I know yeah. that Kansas City in their past few games, they put up, what, 48, 34, 36. Yeah. Take and a look so at competition. the competition. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> high flying. But I think that's why we're getting that number at 51. If this game's played a month ago and I know that the weather's probably, you know, warmer in December compared to this this crap that we're going to get here on January the 2nd. I think that sure. we see a number in that 48, 48 and a half range. This is nice. Shopping around, as we always say, 51. I see it here at DraftKings. See what you have. Maybe the, the money will keep on coming in. I think we found ourselves a bet right here. And I also think that sweat Sweating Andy, it to the end. Sweating it to the end. I also think that Andy Reid, look, this is an important game. They need this for the one seed. Cincinnati obviously needs this game. I think that he's not going to pull all of the tricks out of the bag in this game because obviously you might be playing this team two weeks later. You might be playing this this team okay. three weeks later, so you're not pulling everything out of the bag in this spot. I don't think that's worth that much in terms of points scored, but just just keep that in mind that it's that it's not a mid October game. They're not blowing the Cincy Bengals off and saying this is a pushover team. This is a team that's for real, and we know what the Kansas City defense. We know defense they're, they're, we know does they're look scrap like in recent weeks. Yes, exactly, a scrappy game. We found that 51 there. Okay. And then in terms of AFC odds, look, guys, I'm not betting on the Chiefs at plus 175, two to one. The time to bet on the Chiefs to win the AFC was probably about a month ago, two months ago. I was looking at their schedule. I thought their last loss was the week before we were all together in AC. It wasn't. So they beat the Raiders 41-14. The weeks prior, they barely took care of the Giants. That was ugly 2017, and they beat that roger that, uh, Rogerless Packers 13-7. So they've wow. been ripping off games. Their last loss was against the Titans, 27-3, and I, I'm i pretty sure that's October at that point. So they haven't lost in November or December. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Okay. Okay. Guys, anything that you want to touch on else in this game? Kansas City, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Futures. I haven't been into any Cincinnati Futures, but anything that tickles your fancy, I think I saw them at, what, 18-1 to to win the AFC?
2: Not horrible odds. I mean, it's, uh, there, there's probably worse bets you can place, but I think we've talked about it all year. I think this team is still a year away. I think they got to get a little bit better on the offensive line, a little more consistent on defense, a little more experience there from guys like Jamar Chase. I mean, they're a good team. They're going to be a good team. They can give anybody a run for their money. I think they can be competitive with anyone, but I, I don't, I think they're still a yeah. year away.
0: Yeah, I'm not betting on the Bengals at 14 to one is what DraftKings has posted on the AFC. It's it's funny because a few weeks ago the Colts and Bengals were like neck and neck. I think it was like 18 to one, 16 to one for the AFC. Now the Colts are down to six and a half to one. So
2: <laughs> well, and we we talked about the Colts a few weeks ago and said they uh, they probably offer the most value of any team out there back when they were 18 to one. Colts
1: and we Niners, did. of course, we Niners did. are the ones that are have uh, pissed down their
0: pants. So. We talked they're
2: about not, it. They're not dead yet. They're sure. not dead yet.
0: No, just, just one little ugly loss there. I took both Colts and Niners. I want to say that my numbers are 18 and 22, or Niners. 23, might even, I think. Yeah. The 23 to cold, 1. Yeah, one of them was 23. And I even talked myself into Niners to win the division last week because they saw a path where it's possible. I mean, it was 34 to 1. But ended up not winning on Thursday night. Before we get to NFC, though, let's touch on the Colts, right? The Colts have <laughs> – a hell of a situation going on here. They've won—I don't even know how many games in a row—is at this point, but they're nine and six overall record. They've been flying high. Carson Wentz—he tested positive for COVID. <laughs> this line has been all over the place. Yanni, where did the line start on this game? At six and a half, seven, uh, seven and a half, I believe. Uh, okay, okay. start at uh, seven and a half. My Carl.
1: question at the beginning of the week is: This is a. This looks like a very nice teaser leg what do I pair it with? (laughs) And then it was like two hours later that they got the, the, uh, the news and was like, okay, well let's, um, let me just hold that thought.
0: Yeah. Hold that thought, but maybe bring that thought back because protocol is changing. Carson Wentz. I think all he has to do is test negative on Sunday and he can play in this game. The bookmakers seem to think that could be the case right now. Of course it's Wednesday evening. Colts favored by six and a half over under 44 and a half. This is a potential teaser leg. I don't know how far this, this got down to yesterday when Carson Wentz was rolled out. Were, we're three and a half available? Four is available?
2: I heard two and a half, and even one oh, and a half I had heard at some point.
0: Holy hell. And yeah. I think I was pretty busy, but, but that should have been an, an auto bet. I mean, even if Carson Wentz isn't playing this game, you have Ellinger. Is I don't that think it name?
1: lasted. I, I mean, I never saw it. You're not that I was pounded. in a position to really you know, do that. I'm not that guy at the screen all day.
0: Yeah, just just taking a look at the numbers. It probably got pounded. Yep. So yep. I understand why I got pounded. Jonathan Taylor, he's an MVP candidate all of a sudden. <laughs> if Carson Wentz doesn't play in this game, Jonathan Taylor goes nuts there's a world where we see, like, say that Rodgers underperforms in week 17 here is where we're at. Rodgers underperforms, and Jonathan Taylor is like, you know, 200 yards and three touchdowns. He might be right there, like, 3-1 to one to win the MVP. Yeah. So, a lot of things going on here. Is it an automatic that Indy wins this game? Because there's a world where Indy loses this game, and they find themselves in a bit of trouble, Yanni, you know?
2: Well, there's, there's no such thing as an automatic. Obviously, we know that. But I, I think that it would be tough for Indy to lose this game. I think that it's it's all lined up there for them. Now, I do think this is going to be a competitive game. I don't think Indy runs away with this, whether Carson Wentz is in the lineup or not. I think that I think if you're looking at a side, I think you want to look at the Raiders here. Um, and I hate betting the Raiders. I'll be honest. I rarely wager on them or against them. They're a very Jekyll and Hyde team. You you see them some weeks, and you're like, man, Derek Carr, he's pretty good. This team's not bad, and you see them the next week, and you're like, man, these guys are terrible. So I think you got to look at this, and I think to me the play is that teaser leg if you're around that seven and you're getting a minus one to basically win straight up at that point because it's hard for me to visualize Indy not winning this game Granted, if Wentz doesn't play, we don't know what we're getting from Ellinger. So, I mean, it's you can't swear to that either. But I think it's worth at least a teaser shot here um, when you look at this ball game. Or if you trust the Raiders and you want to take the six and a half, seven points, if you can get it. I think that's the correct side. I just don't have enough confidence in the Raiders. And, and I'll be honest, not to, again, yeah. get off track here. But I think when you look at all the dogs this week and taking points, I think all the games that you lean towards taking the points, I just don't have the confidence to do it. And it's with teams that I just don't feel are very good. The Raiders, the Lions, the Texans. I think those are all the right sides. I just don't have confidence to take them. I would rather play this as a teaser.
0: Yeah, trusting the Raiders is not something that's really in my vocabularies in the past 20 years. JJ, I'm not sure if it's been in yours, but... I, I just can't do it. I agree yeah. with Yanni though that if that if you needed to make a play, like say that you're in some pick pool and you need to pick every single game against the spread, sure, <laughs> put it on the Raiders if you can get yourself a seven or a seven and a half. If it's six yeah, you and almost a half feel kind of
1: crappy if you don't get eight or nine though. It, with Wentz yeah, in, you right. feel like you got to oh, get yeah that eight points, but. Just talk
2: about it. I, I mean, I, I think you can look at taking the over in this game. I mean, I don't know that I would recommend it, but I think it's an option. I mean, we know the Colts are an over heavy team. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, and look, as good as that, well, I'm going to say as good as that Colts defense is perceived to be, they don't generate a lot of pressure. And when Carr has time to throw and he can get it downfield, he can make some plays. So assuming Indy puts up their share of points, which I think we all probably feel like they'll do. Um, I think you could look at the over in this game. If you feel like you really want to bet it and you don't like the teaser angle, or you don't have confidence in the Raiders.
0: That's a thought. What's the, and you might not have 44 it and a half.
2: It's but, dropped a couple points,
0: but the team total over for the Raiders, what's oh, that for the Raiders. 17 and a half. I would, I would 10, bet 10, the 10? over
2: on the entire game. I definitely am not yeah. trusting the Raiders on their own.
0: Yeah, you can't trust the Raiders on their own. I mean, if they Colts, can get like
1: 13, 14 points, well, they need more than that, more like 17 or so. 44.5, and a half. If I and that's I mean, that's paired with minus six and a half. So that's under the assumption that Wentz probably has a pretty good chance of playing.
0: Yeah, Colts, Colts have been a dead over team for much of the season, especially in that middle spurt of the season lately. Did the Patriots game go over 27-17? Don't know if that went over or under, but that late, was
2: under, I think it was 46, if I'm okay. If I remember correctly. So
0: probably three, probably three games in a row here to the under because the Texans didn't do anything. They put up a zero spot and then the Cardinals, of course, only put up 16. Take a look at it though. The the Colts are going to be at home if they have Wentz in that game. I see I could definitely see them getting to 30, 31, 27. If you give me 3120. Okay. Or 31 17 or so. Okay. I just okay. don't know what
1: to do. I, I I feel like I need to know whether Wentz is in or not. Yeah. Before I would bet this game at all.
0: Get the Colts beat reporters on Twitter, put it on a notification, and as soon as you see the report, maybe bet an over if you see that he's in the game. Like sitting in a meeting, <laughs> like flipping out, like oh, I gotta
1: go to the bathroom and like, run off and make a bet. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Old Super Bowl odds 16 to one. There's worse bets, and that'd be crazy if we saw Carson Wentz in a Super Bowl. But oh hey, my gosh. Hey, they're they're built the right way. We've been talking about it all season. It took a while for things to pan out. Carson well, Wentz we said, not going rough to be, start.
1: We know it's not gonna be Nick Foles in the Super Bowl. So
0: no. Unfortunately, he cannot get the Bears into the playoffs, but but big dick Nick looks pretty good. I know, man. God damn.
2: Actually, he, Pete he did Carroll in that great but man. But somehow damage. he won the game.
1: Oh, geez. I know. That last drive sunk went under, too. Yep.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I have just blinders okay. on. If I see that the Bears win the game and falls is in the game in the snow, I'm just thinking, falls had a great game, man. Well,
1: God, he, they came gave up, he came up big at the end. I know. And they gave yeah. up everything underneath. It was just there. And it was um, just. Sorry, I'm still a little bitter about that.
0: One. No, I, I totally get it. I, I could go off on a tangent here, but I'd be interested to see what happens with Foles at this point. I mean, he, he's been, we can call him a career backup. He's, he's had some moments where he's been the starter and didn't last. I mean, he was in Jacksonville and then Minshew took over. He's had some runs in the playoffs here with the Eagles, actually three runs. And I don't think any year was he the starter we had Wentz got hurt twice Vic got hurt I'm interested to see does he land with the team at some point just just to manage games I mean if he has a hot end of the season and that might just be me wishing that he comes back to the Eagles in 2025 to manage some games after Hertz gets kicked to the curb but yeah you know. and then he's gonna another- have a job
2: he's gonna have a job somewhere in the league I know that hell
1: yeah. in the league
0: for at least another three to four years
1: He's like a really a really really good back end reliever, you know, in a bullpen, where it's just like Trevor Hoffman or something like that. It's like you just can't go wrong with having this guy back there. It's different totally different situation, but he's just it's like you turn the ball, you you give the football to the guy, and it's like, why haven't we been playing him from the get-go? But you play him from the get-go, and it's like, what the hell? Who the hell is this guy?
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, looks yeah, awful you know? in practice. Looks yeah. awful weeks one it's through like four. Just save him okay, for when can't. you really need him. It'll be just fine, save him okay? for December and January, and yeah, that's when exactly. you get him. We're like, oh, my God, this guy is touched by Christ or something. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> He's a religious guy. I mean, He, <laughs> he is hated. very
0: religious. Yes, he He's is. clutch. Yes, he is. Very religious. Okay. <laughs> so we touched on a lot of the AFC there. The other game that we might want to touch on real quick, and it can be very brief, but Titans are favored by three and a half against the dolphins. That means the dolphins are three and a half point dogs. Shop it around. I don't think this is a flat three anywhere, but guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Over under is at 40. The dolphins right now, guys, are in the seven seed in the AFC. They have won. What is it? Six in a row. Don't look at the quarterback names of those six wins. It's no one good. And Tua, here's the thing. Tua has decent stats. And Tua, I guess, plays the part and looks pretty good at times. And then there's every now and then, probably like at least once a quarter where he makes a decision or a throw. I'm like, oh, my Lord. And maybe <laughs> it's just that he's young. Look, we still see it from Carson Wentz all the time. And you see it from quarterbacks that are established in this league but I would have an issue taking Miami at three plus three and a half. You could convince me on here. I haven't done anything with this. Yanni, have you done anything? In, do you really think Miami is going to make the playoffs as the seven seed?
2: <laughs> I don't think that they're going to find their way. And I think their little magic streak uh, comes to an end here, but I, you know, first of all, I don't think, I don't see how you can bet this game. I really don't. And <laughs> If Tennessee were fully healthy, I think you could lay the points with the Titans here, but they're not, and they haven't looked great on offense until A.J. Brown went off the other night. Um, I just, I think that there's too many unknowns here. I just, I don't know. I'm staying far, far, far away from from this game. I think both teams right now are overvalued. I think we talked about it before. In the long run, Tennessee might be undervalued if they get Derrick Henry back, but right now, I think they're still a little overvalued. I think the Dolphins, you mentioned, they haven't beaten anybody. I think they're a little overvalued. This game's a hard pass for me. Um, if, if we're wrapping up the AFC, I'd rather move on to the Browns and Steelers personally, because I, I don't see it unless I'm curious. I don't know if JJ has an angle on this Titans or Dolphins, but or if you do, no, me, thanks. I, I got nothing.
0: Pass it along. I don't think the Dolphins get into the playoffs. The Titans, it's great that they did a lot of damage early. If they didn't do that damage early, they'd be right there in that eight and seven, seven and eight spot where it was just in the mix. I think that Titans end up in the playoffs, obviously. I'm going to be intrigued when they get Derrick Henry back. Dolphins, uh, <laughs> I'm shocked that they've worked their way back. Congrats to them. I don't know if two is the future. I don't know if Flores is the future. I think that Miami is going to continue to be in that middling spot. What was their over under win total? Eight and a half, eight flat. Eight and a, half. Eight and eight a and half. half. Yep. Eight and a half. So they're right in that range right now. I'm not going to do anything with this game. If you told me that you, you somehow picked off a Miami plus four somehow, I'd say great. Good luck. And hopefully AJ Brown doesn't ruin it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's all that I have there. But Yanni, please do. Yeah. Uh, Steelers Brown. So we're looking at Monday Night Football. Current spread on this. Is this still three and a half? Three and a half in Pittsburgh looks like it's going to be cold over under 41, two teams. I'm going to say that actually, can you say that Pittsburgh's underachieved? They're, they're like right at their win total. Cleveland's underachieved. <laughs> Cleveland's underachieved in Pittsburgh, even though that they have an underachieved technically, according to their record, their play on the field, and Big Ben is underachieved. They they should probably have like two, two and a half, three less wins. The term is underwhelming. They underwhelming. Underachieved, but the not. whole division, except Cincy, underwhelming. Is this game going to underwhelm, Hariani?
2: I don't think so. I mean, I think it's going to be a good football game. You got two kind of bitter rivals that are fighting for their playoff lives, fighting to stay alive in that division. I'm looking forward to this game, and I think – You're right. I mean, it's underwhelming when you look at the way that Pittsburgh's played. They found a way to scratch out some wins. Um, Browns, I think, overall have been disappointed or disappointing throughout the year. They dealt with some different injury things. But look, this to me is a strictly moneyball analytical play when you look at this game here. Okay. Um, On Bovada, you can get Cleveland minus three, but I don't necessarily love that. And I'll tell you why. Pittsburgh is is the Rasputin of football. You try to kill them, and just when you think they're buried and dead, they come back. And, and this is one of those scenarios where everybody's like, man, Pittsburgh stinks. And, and I could see them finding a way against, again, we, little brother, where they find a way to get this done. Now, what I do like in this game, though, is the Cleveland Browns' first half. You can get them minus one and a half on Bovada. I believe it's minus two, two and a half on DraftKings. Um, But I think that that you look at two things here. Number one, Cleveland has been a pretty fast-starting team. They've been more of a first-half team where they come out, score some points, and then sometimes they struggle a little bit in the second half. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, has been one of the worst first-half teams in the league all season. They do not score points in the first half of football games. They've been a second-half team where, you know, all of a sudden Roethlisberger starts slinging it around and they manage to claw back in some of these games. But I think you look at this – Cleveland's going to try to establish the run, which they always do. This this is potentially a huge Nick Chubb game. The, the Steelers right now have the worst run defense in the NFL, which is almost hard to believe when you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they have the worst run defense in the league. I think Nick Chubb is going to bully his way through there. I think they end up, you know, with the lead at halftime. How this game ends, I don't know, but I think I think Cleveland has the lead in this game at halftime. I like taking them first half minus one and a half here.
0: Minus one and a half. That's what we're going to do here. J.J., I like it. We're going to do – let's take a look at Nick Chubb props also. Take a look at where he comes in Chubb at. Chubb prop, yep. I'm sure that they're not out there right now. It's Wednesday night, and this game's five days away with COVID and everything. Who knows? Uh, Yeah, <laughs> a- Brown's first half, and how about this? I'm just taking a look at <laughs> the standings and the schedule. If Pittsburgh wins this game, they'll be 8-7-1. and one. Then they're at Ravens week 18, last week of the season now, as we go into January the 9th. That'll be 9-7-1, and one, not impossible for them to get into the playoffs. Take a look at the standings. You've got Cincy at 9-6, and six, of course. You've got Pittsburgh at 7-7-1. Seven, seven, in the basement is Cleveland at 7-8. and eight. If you would have told me in September, especially after the Browns almost put off that upset against Kansas City in week one, to would be like, all right, what has to happen for the Browns to be seven and eight and maybe finishing in the basement? It's like, did Odell have a terrible season and get cut? Basically did. Yeah. Did, did the whole team go through some COVID issues and have a ton of injuries? Yeah, that happened. Baker,
1: Did Baker look worse
0: (laughs) than I thought he would, or possibly even worse than Yanni thought, even though I think that Yanni thought that he was going to be bad. Yeah, that happened too. And that's where we're at is seven and eight. So that's how you got to tell
2: you, I, I can't recall seeing a player who gets more love from his fan base than Baker Mayfield. And I, I its and he's and not I guess, good. I, well, he's I was trying good. to rationalize it. And I think when you think about it, they've had so many horrible quarterbacks for so <laughs> yeah. many years. Oh, that yeah. The first decent sign of life that they have, they're clinging on to this hope like this is the savior. But I, I mean, look, the guy, he's just, he doesn't have it. He's not going to be what is going to elevate that team. And I think that you it, we don't want to get off on a tangent here. I've said that three times on this pod here. But I think well, that's what we're this, here
0: for. We, we go well, off on plenty of tangents, and this is worth going off
2: on. Well, I think when you look at the NFL, there's kind of three types of teams. You've got the really bad teams that generally don't have a lot of good players, and they don't have a quarterback. You know, you look at a team like, let's say, the Texans, for example. Then you've got those teams that they've got a lot of pieces, but they don't have a great quarterback. And you start looking at teams like the Browns, maybe the Colts if you don't buy into Carson Wentz, maybe the Niners if you don't buy into Jimmy G. And then you've got the teams that have both, you know, the Kansas City is where they got players and they have a quarterback, the the Tampa Bay has players and a quarterback. So those are kind of the three teams, but I think the Browns are in that, that unfortunate spot where – They've got the pieces there. They just don't have the quarterback that they need to elevate that team to where it needs to go. It's Imitation such...
1: Doug Flutie. Yeah. Not, right. not the real deal. Yeah. It's, just
0: such
2: a, it's just such
1: an it's just
0: such an ugly team. Just, just take a look at their stats too. We're what 15 games in the season. They're they're seven and eight. Yeah. 15. Their leading receiver is 483 yards. It's Peoples Jones. And granted, there, there are a couple of guys, a couple other guys over 400 yards, but that is an awful average. Like you, you're leading receivers averaging like 40 a game. <laughs> and by 40 a game, I mean, it's actually 40.3 per game. That's ugly. Baker, he bought himself a year and maybe even two years if we think he comes back next year. I wouldn't bring him back, but I, I actually think he's coming back next year. He bought himself a year and maybe it was the coach that – that bought him a year because he looked pretty damn good last year. And look, they had the chiefs on the ropes and they had the chiefs in a pretty good AFC was that second round game last year. Right. And he bought himself at least two years at that point. And I think he's back because you can chalk it up this year. Be like, okay, they had that Monday COVID game. Baker didn't play. Well, and- but hold on though. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I think, I think the, this, I think this game is critical for him. And we talked two weeks ago, we said, Hey, Baker being out, remember he was out two weeks ago. We said that may save him because now if Cleveland misses the playoffs, well, it wasn't Baker's fault. He couldn't play, <laughs> but let's look at this. Now he comes back and tosses four picks.
0: Yeah. And
2: off that, did they that could last have won. one, baby. Yeah. They could have won <laughs> and, and he tosses four picks. Now he's got another shot in prime time against arch rival Pittsburgh to basically elevate his team into the playoffs. Maybe he will. Maybe he plays great and Cleveland mm-hmm. wins, and all of a sudden you're right. Yeah, Baker's our guy. What happens if he comes out and tosses three picks in this game? Now, all of a sudden, you know, you got that organization probably asking questions. So, before we say he's bought his way back there, I think we got to see how this game plays out this week. Because if he has another multi turnover game and they don't come away with a win and they miss the playoffs here, I don't know. I don't know.
0: That might be it because, yeah, he missed that game. Was it on a Monday night that COVID game? Yeah, he missed it. But yeah, he throws four interceptions. If you win any of these games, you're in a position right now where if you win out, you have a lot of life because that AFC North is not that good. And I know that since he's been good lately, but you have Cincy at home, an underdog by five this weekend. They're expected to lose. You win this game, you're right there. Yanni, good point. I think they would have been better off with Case Keenum. <laughs> Great totally great let's see how it plays out I'm thinking that he is back but let's see how Monday Night Football it's essentially a playoff game it's Big Ben in his last primetime game unless of course they get into the playoffs God forbid which is an auto fade in the first round no matter what the spread for me and Baker Mayfield I mean he's it's a playoff game for him because if he doesn't play well I don't know if he's a starter again in this league so